Hello, and welcome to a very special edition of So Into That. Today's episode is breaking from the mold of what So Into That has has been so far, which is a podcast where we talk about the things that we are really into right now. We are also really into this topic. We are really into the best newborn dads ever. And if you're thinking that that's kind of random, well, I think that there's actually no nothing more important to like a great postpartum recovery and just like the first month of being postpartum and the first month of your baby's life than having a really strong partner. And that is why I'm recording this episode. George is my husband and George absolutely crushes being a new dad. I was actually going to ask him to join me for this podcast, but I figured that we would like end up I don't know, kind of talking back and forth about things so much that it wouldn't be as quick and efficient as I want it to be. And what I want this to be is a handbook for new dads. There's so much content out there for new moms, but I don't think there's a ton for new dads. There's like a few books written by other dads, but this is for new dads from a mom of three. And these are all the things that my husband did that made me feel like really loved and adored and seen and taken care of. And that whenever I talk about these things that my husband did to friends, family, followers, people are like, your husband did that? Wow, he's an amazing new dad. Like, God, that's so awesome. My husband did this. These are the things that all of my friends are always jealous that my husband did. Or if a friend's husband also did this, we're like, wow, we're so lucky that our husbands did that. And maybe they could be the norm. Or maybe you could do a few of these things. Or maybe you could do all of these things and make your wife feel a little more supported and cared for. So my first, I I have notes here. I don't normally have notes for my podcast episodes, but I have notes because I don't want to miss a single thing. So my first disclaimer is that my husband, George, was a Navy SEAL. He was literally trained to operate on very little sleep. He was like put into small rooms and had music blaring like simulating, you know, babies crying, like he was fucking trained to be a new dad, he was unbreakable. So I have to say all of that as a as a, you know, as a disclaimer, he, I don't know, he was literally trained by the military by the by the government of the United States to be a new dad. But I do think that, you know, whether you're a Navy SEAL or not, you can do all of these things this is the time in your life to be really, really tough and to like not exhibit your own discomfort. And I said that to George, I like showed him these notes. And he was like, well, that makes it sound like the dad isn't important. So my other disclaimer is the dad is just as important as the mom in the parenting universe, like dads and moms are equal. We'll talk about that on another episode, how you can also be like an equal partner to your wife going forward. But right now we're going to talk about birth through like the first month of the baby's life. And in that period, like she gets to be more important. Your feelings get to kind of take a back burner. Your discomfort gets to take a back burner to where she is because she's like physically fucked up. Okay. The last month of pregnancy is incredibly hard. It hurts. It's painful. Like her back hurts. Her boobs hurt. Like her mental psyche is getting crazy because of the hormones. So we're going to let, we're going to let the mom be first right now. Okay. There'll be times in your marriage where you need to come first. You're having a mental health crisis. You're having surgery, whatever. That's what marriage is. Right. And so let me just say, like, I think dads are just as important as moms in this entire process, but right now we're going to value her as the top doc. Okay. My other disclaimer that I want to put out there before we get going is that I'm speaking from my experience as a female and male relationship, like male partner. I was the birthing partner. My husband was the non-birthing partner. 
I will default to saying mom and dad because non-birthing partner, birthing partner is a mouthful. And also, again, because I'm speaking about my own experience, but I want this to be as useful to a new mom and mom and to a new dad and dad and to a new whatever pronouns your family uses. I want this to be helpful to everyone, but just FYI, that is my experience. So that's what I'm going to end up defaulting to. So bear with me on that. Without further ado, let's get started. Here is the handbook on how to be the best newborn dad ever. You are important, new dad, but during that first month of a baby's life, back in the like, it takes a village days, the woman who just gave birth literally didn't get out of bed for 40 days. Okay. Everything was done for her. The food was brought to her. The baby was swaddled and changed and bathed and brought back to her for cuddles and for nursing. Everything was done by the village other than the mom just laying in bed and recovering and feeding her baby and like laying there skin to skin with her baby. That was all she had to do. That was her sole responsibility to the village. Everybody else took care of her. We don't live in villages anymore. You are your wife's village, your your partner's village. So you have to do a lot. But Here's the thing. I, what I'm about to tell you is going to sound like a lot. And you're going to be like, this is exhausting. You're going to have her mom or your mom or her friends come in and help you at times. And it's also only going to be like three weeks to four weeks where you really, 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 I want you to just be like her bitch. Okay? Just be her bitch. It's a very short moment in time. You you can do this. Birth is intense. It like really wrecks our bodies. Some, some, some women, you know, give birth, walk out of there completely unscathed. But the majority of us do not. Here are some examples of things that your wife might be going through during labor, right after labor. Um, her vagina will tear and she will have to get multiple stitches in her vagina. If you've ever gotten stitches before, you know that they're not super fun. So picture that, but in your vagina. And then imagine like when you pee, you have to pee on those stitches. It burns. It's uncomfortable. All you want to do all day is sit down and hold your baby. And like, you can't even sit. Like I couldn't sit like this. I'm sitting cross-legged. If you're not watching the video podcast, you can't sit cross-legged. Like it's a very uncomfortable time in a vagina's life. Okay. And then add to it the fact that you're trying to take care of a human baby who you have no idea how to take care of. A lot of women get hemorrhoids in their butts from pushing. Those are very uncomfortable. They're like little balls in your butt. It's a very, very uncomfortable time. Um, our backs hurt, our abdomens hurt from the childbirth process, like really just uncomfortable and achy. Um, you continue to have contractions while you breastfeed because when you breastfeed, it's like a signal from your brain to your uterus to shrink. So your uterus, when you give birth, is like the size of a watermelon and it's normal size. It's resting size is like the size of a lime. So when you breastfeed, you'll have these horrible contractions and they get worse with each baby you have, by the way. I don't know why that has to be, but it is. And your uterus is contracting back to the size of a lime. So that's a major organ that is shrinking down and it's incredibly painful. So that's something that's happening while we're trying to feed a baby. Our body is in like a ton, a ton of pain for those first few days. And then, of course, I recommend while you're in the labor and delivery room, when she delivers the placenta. So after your wife delivers the baby, she will deliver a the, the, the placenta, the, you know, the organ that's been keeping the baby alive in her uterus. 
And it's huge. It's like the size of a dinner plate or bigger. And that's a whole organ that her body grew during the baby creation process. Like she grew a whole extra organ. And right when she gives birth, it detaches from the uterus and she has to give birth to it. This is like a pretty easy process. Don't worry about that. It'll just like happen while she's holding the baby. One extra push and it comes out. But that placenta, take a look at it. It's huge. That how big it is left that big of a gaping hole on the side of her uterus. So she's going to be bleeding for the next several weeks to a month because she has a huge hole in one of her major organs. Okay, so she needs like a little extra help right now. Okay, so all that is just to paint a picture of kind of where your wife will be. She will probably act really tough because our maternal instincts kick in and we want to be doing everything. We want to take care of the baby. We want to take care of you. We like, we want life to feel normal again. We're craving normalcy, but we need to recover. Women need to recover post birth. So this is, this is where we are. Okay. All this is giving you just kind of the background on why this handbook is necessary. Okay. So part one during labor, this is directly from my husband. Your job is to remain calm, cool, and collected. Your wife is relying on you. And this is like once she's going into labor, you're at home, we're being calm. And then also once you get to the hospital. Okay, this is for when that is. Remain calm, cool, and collected. Your wife is relying on you. This is not the time to exhibit stress. If the doctors aren't stressed, you have no reason to be. If the doctors are stressed, you have every right to be stressed, but you need to hold it together for your wife and be the one who is remaining calm to the best of your ability. You're a human, like you're allowed to be stressed, but it's also kind of your job right now to be cool. Birth is also stressful for the dad because we see our wives hooked up to everything. We are watching the doctors and nurses expressions and we're worried about our wife and the baby. Watching your wife in pain and assuming but not knowing that she's okay is also stressful, but just in a different way. Okay, so my husband wrote this for me after I sent him these notes. And he was like, you're kind of discounting the fact that this is also hard for the dads. And I was like, yeah, it's hard for the dads, but it's harder for the moms. And he was like, sure. But it's also like a really crazy, stressful thing for us. And we feel really out of control because it's not our body. Like, we would rather, at least George would, again, Navy SEAL. He's like, I would rather have done it and gone through all that pain than have watched you go through all that pain. But that's not an option. So anyway, I just wanted to start with saying that this is also a huge deal for the dad. But like I just said, it's a it's a really painful, hard process for the mom. So here are the things you can do during labor to make her feel like you are the best freaking birthing partner ever. And she'll be bragging to all of her friends. But more important than that, she will feel like so loved and taken care of. Um, during labor, this pissed George off that I said this, but I'm serious. During labor, avoid talking about yourself like at all. Make it all about your wife and her comfort. Your bed will be uncomfortable. So is hers, but she's also having a freaking baby pushing a bowling ball out of her vagina. The game you want to watch might not be on. Guess what? Your wife would also rather be at a basketball game right now, but she has to push your baby out of her vagina. You might get hungry. Your wife also is probably hungry, but once you get an epidural, she can't eat. So don't talk about your hunger because she's not even allowed to eat. Just say, honey, I'll be back in five minutes. Sprint to the hospital cafeteria, scarf down a sandwich and come right back. Okay. This is obviously if she's not in active labor. <laughs> if she's in active labor, you just deal with that hunger. Deal with those things. Yes, but don't talk to your wife about them. This is your wife's day. Treat it like her birthday. On her birthday, are you like really nice to her and do you treat her like a queen? Treat it like that because it kind of is her birthday. It's her birthday. Again, you are important, but your wife is more important right now. This is the one time in your life 
to be really fucking tough. Don't complain about the uncomfortable bed. I repeat, just don't even talk about it. Say when she asks, because she will just say, no, it's not that bad. It's great. I'm perfect. I'm perfectly comfortable. When the nurse asks, say, no, it's good. I'm all good here. It, it's two nights. You can do it. Number two, the laboring mom is always right. If she says something is wrong, even if you are 100% sure that nothing is wrong, you press that call button and have the nurse come in, come in. If she says she's in pain, you press that call button, have the nurse come in. If she says she wants a new pillow, you have one door dashed to you or you call her best friend and you have a better pillow dropped off. Whatever she needs, she gets. Um, I'm just setting you up for success here. Again, I know that this seems a little bit ridiculous, but she is in the most discomfort of her entire life, going through like crazy hormone shifts by the second, just get her whatever she needs, whatever she says is right. This is number three. If you see something, say nothing. I never want to hear anything about what you saw or heard during labor unless I specifically ask, did I poop during labor? That's between me and God and also my entire medical team. If I ask, great, let's talk about it but you can absolutely not bring it up on your own. That being said, talking about birth for me is like incredibly cathartic and I love it. I actually just told Cash's birth story to one of my, he's my third baby who was born a year and a half ago. I told her his birth story to my friend like two days ago and it was like so cathartic and fun. Talking about birth, it's this huge event in our lives. And so talking about it is fun for most moms, unless it's really traumatic and they need time to process it, whatever. Talking about birth is really enjoyable. So you might also enjoy talking about it and like talking through the entire story, but don't just like bring up different parts of it at random times. Like sit down and talk about it in like a safe, controlled environment. It is her story. It's what happened to her body. You were there. Of course, it is just as big of a deal for you, but it's like so personal. It's very, um, you are very vulnerable when you're giving birth. Like with my third, I was so hot that I stripped off all my clothes. I was completely ass naked. That is, you're in a vulnerable state. And so talking about it, just like getting a flippant remark about like something you did or said during birth might not feel great to her. So after the birth, maybe ask her if she wants to like sit down and talk through it. Or if you guys are like out to dinner for the first time, a couple like with the baby, a couple weeks after you have the baby, whatever. That might be really soon for some people. It might be a great time for other people, by the way. I like to get out and get going like two weeks after, like go out to a nice dinner, but some people might need to stay in bed and be taken care of by their village for a month. So use your wife's cues on that. But the point is, ask her if she wants to like talk through the whole thing. Be like, whoa, that was so cool. That was so crazy. Like, let's sit down and like process that birth or however, whatever words you would say that to her in. It's a major life event for both of you. And so like actually find a nice time to talk about it that isn't just like little blips of what happened because it can be kind of traumatic for the woman. It can be traumatic for you. It's a great thing to like talk through the whole thing. Number four, every woman is going to want a different type of birthing partner. So I can't really talk to you about how to provide her support other than to just say, do you like this? Like keep being like, babe, do you like this? Or do you want me to do that? I really liked like a lot of pressure on my back. I wanted my husband to just like push down as hard as he could on my back. I did not want him like softly rubbing my back or touching me unless it was a u utility to me. Like pressing down on the back really like takes the pain away from, I don't know why, but the nurses will teach you how to do it if that's something that she wants. 
So that was like a utility. Like it actually made me feel better during the birth process. I did not just want to be like lightly rubbed. I didn't want to have my hand held. I didn't really want to chit chat during like the active labor portion of the event. So figure out what she wants. She won't know really until she's actually in active labor. Um, So just try different things and keep, you know, stay communicative unless she's like, shut the fuck up and then just shut the fuck up and do whatever the nurses say. For instance, I remember with Mattis's birth one of the nurses like telling George to hold one of my legs like you know you're in full you're fully exposed to the world and the nurse had George like hold one of my legs and I didn't love that like I was kind of like this is my I don't know I don't really need him like all up in my vagina right there like I didn't want George to look he didn't want to look and so I didn't love that and so that's a thing to kind of clarify with your birthing team and with your wife how active do you want me to be in this birth? Like some men, a lot of my friends' husbands, like they watch the entire thing. They're like at the foot of the bed with the doctor. I think that's so cool. If that's what you're gonna do, I would kill to watch another woman give birth. Like coolest thing ever. But I did not want George like down there in my biz. I wanted medical professionals only on the business end. So figure out what your spouse is into and do that. Part two, after birth. Okay, mom's job is to sleep, recover, and nurse the baby if she is doing that. Until she is healed, remember the gaping wound from the placenta and the vagina stitches and all the things that we discussed. Until she's healed and feels normal, I'm just going to say it, your job is everything else. This is not forever, okay? Don't, like, don't get mad at me for saying that your job is everything else. This is not forever. This is just for a three, two to four week span while she recovers from the most major life wrecking, body wrecking event of her life. You need to be her village right now. Maybe again, maybe you'll have helpers, but you are the captain of the ship, making sure that her every need is met because like her body just went through something so traumatic. And now there's also this baby to take care of. You are the captain of the mom and the baby. Here, oh, we already discussed the things that might going on be going on in her body, vagina stitches, hemorrhoids, really painful first poops. Um, if she's breastfeeding, breast engorgement is this horrible thing that happens to many women. Like a couple days after we give birth, the milk comes in. It like giving birth triggers for the milk to come and your breasts like haven't figured out what to do with it yet. And so they just get huge, like grow two sizes. It's like the Grinch's heart. They grew three sizes that day. Your breasts go three sizes that day. You wake up, you're like covered in milk. Your boobs are huge rocks. Every husband loves this phase because the boobs look like porn star boobs. They're like huge rock solid boobies. Do your best not to ogle her. It is fine to make your wife feel beautiful at any time in her life, especially during this phase, because she's going to be in like a robe covered in milk for the next two weeks. It is fine to make your wife feel beautiful and sexy all the time. But try your best not to ogle these alien boobies because she doesn't like them. She feels uncomfortable. They hurt really bad. They're leaky. When she goes to put the baby on her boob, her breasts might like spray milk everywhere. And like that makes you feel really weird, especially if you're like, I mean, this hopefully won't happen to the first because she'll be in her bed, remember, because you're taking care of her. Like she'll be at a restaurant trying to breastfeed and the baby will like come off the boob and milk will just spray everywhere. Crazy shit happens with breastfeeding. Okay. Breastfeeding is 
crazy and like disgusting and leaky. It's also amazing and beautiful, but it's really hard. She might need a ton of help with the breastfeeding. You might need to take her like if she's having trouble, just be like, babe, let's go see a lactation consultant. Any amount of money that you need to spend on a lactation consultant, you will spend. You will never, don't ever say like, oh, it's a little too expensive. It is the most important thing that she gets all the help she needs with breastfeeding because it is painful. It is difficult. And also her hormones are telling her that she's like the worst mom on earth if she can't get it done. That being said, you should also support her if she wants to just stop and switch to formula, which is a great option. But most mini moms will first want to give nursing a shot and lactation consultants are great for that. You helping her like get the baby in the right position is great. You just taking care of her while she's breastfeeding. When you sit down and the baby like first attaches is that what it's called? Latches. When the baby first latches on your boob when you're breastfeeding, you get this like surge of thirst. Many of us do. And it literally feels like you're dying. Like you've been dropped out of a helicopter in the Sahara Desert. You haven't had water in two weeks. Like this is your last breath. So when she says, babe, I'm thirsty. Can you bring me my water? Don't finish what you're doing. Bring it to her immediately. Because what will happen if you don't is she will feel like fight or flight. You're not taking care of her. And she will feel like she's freaking dying and she'll freak out at you. Speaking from experience, okay? It is like a scary feeling. It's really weird. It's just one of those like weird hormonal things. But when when you're when your postpartum wife tells you she needs water, she needs it now. Same thing goes for food. When your postpartum wife tells you she needs lunch, bring her a little snacky while you make her lunch. It is important. The hanger that you feel like scary and out of control. You get so hungry and so thirsty so quickly. So just trust, bring her the water, bring her the snack immediately. One of my major rules is if you are wearing a diaper, you do not have to change a diaper. So while your wife is in like the giant pads or the adult diapers, or while she is bleeding and peeing and doing lots of out of control things from her lower half, she should not be standing up and changing a baby's diaper. Okay. That's like the one thing. George, I did not, I don't think I changed a diaper until our oldest son turned three weeks old. And all of my friends still talk about that. They're like, oh yeah, when Caroline had to like learn to how to change a diaper when her son was three weeks old, that was the kindest gift. I still feel so loved and cherished and adored by that change all the diapers. When the baby poops, say, I got it. And also your wife, again, her hormones are freaking raging. She's going to do so much out of control shit. She's going to think the diaper needs to be changed right away or else the baby's going to like explode. It It's not. It's not true. She's going to get used to that eventually and she's going to stop changing the baby's diaper like immediately. But right now she's going to want you to do it immediately. So just like that thirst, hey, got to drop everything, bring her her bottle of water. Same thing. You got to change that diaper right away. Okay. I'm just, I'm just warning you there. If she is not breastfeeding and you're doing bottles and formula, make all the formula, make all the bottles. If you don't know how, be taught how. If she's like, oh, I know how to make the bottles. You don't say, honey, teach me how. You can make the bottles. You can clean the bottles. If she's pumping, you can clean the pump parts. She is the cow and you are the farmer. Okay. Her job is to make the milk. Your job is to do everything else. 
source delivering the milk. Um, you can give the bottles, you can, you know, clean the equipment, you can do everything except for produce the milk. So do that. And again, this is a short period of time. It's just while she is recovering and getting her hormones and her body back under her own control. On the bottle note, you, if your wife is exclusively breastfeeding, you're going to have a hard time having a huge role in the middle of the night. But what you can do is wake up and be with her. So with Mattis, my first, the middle of the night was a terrifying time for me. I was afraid that he was going to stop breathing. Again, hormones out of control. I was afraid he was going to stop breathing. I was afraid it, like I was going to drop him. I was afraid I was going to fall asleep while breastfeeding him and like roll over and squish him. Your hormones are out of control. You're getting bad, intrusive thoughts about all the bad things that it could, could happen to your baby. Just wake up when the baby cries. Go pick. George did this every single night for the first three weeks of his life. Whenever the baby cried, George would be the one to pick him up. If he needed to be changed, she would change him. If he needed to be unswaddled, swaddled, whatever, George would handle all of that. And then he would just bring me the baby. Maybe he would take like another little snooze while I was breastfeeding the baby. And then he would rock the baby back to sleep. That is, I think, the thing that makes that made the hugest difference and that not a lot of my friends' husbands did. And that every time one of my friends hears that George did, they're like, holy shit, that would have made me feel so much better, so much safer, so much more taken care of. So Yes, it is hard. Yes, you are not a Navy SEAL. You were not trained for sleep deprivation. But guess what? Neither was your wife. So maybe you guys want to split up the nighttime duties if you're doing bottles and like one of you takes one feeding, one takes the other. But whatever you do, do not leave your wife to do the nights alone. That is crappy behavior. Even if she says she doesn't need you, be the one to pick the baby up and bring it to her. Do one of the shifts. Don't just sleep. And I will say this changes. This advice is for parents of their first child. With my second kid, I needed George to wake up at 6am with our first kid who was then 18 months old, so that I could sleep in and he would take the baby and the, and the 18 month old. I needed that. That was what I needed. So George slept through the night and I took care of the baby because I wasn't scared during the night. And I knew exactly what to do. And I wasn't I didn't have all those fears and anxieties. So this will change. But with that first baby, um, many moms need a little extra help in the middle of the night. That's a really scary time for a lot of moms. We have like dread of the nighttime. How many times is the baby going to wake up? What's he going to do? Is he going to cry all night? So be there with her. It, it's like a super spooky time. Be there with her if it's your first and, and you have the ability. Obviously, if you're going back to work, whatever, like this might not work. But to the best of your ability, support her during the nighttime. Learn to swaddle the baby. I know so many husbands who just never learned to swaddle the baby. Oh, my wife does it. No, learn to swaddle the baby. They're super easy swaddles. In my day, it was the Ollie swaddle. That all you have to do is like Velcro across their chest. Don't do the full blanket swaddle. If that's what you guys are doing, you need to order one of the easy Velcro swaddles. It is easy. If you do not know how to do it, watch a YouTube video. You got this. We already talked about food, the hunger thing a little bit, but the hunger postpartum, and especially if they're breastfeeding, is out of control and can feel like really manic and scary. I've never been like a hangry person, like where you get angry when you're hungry. It's never, I've never, I've just been like, oh, I'm, I'm hungry. I'll get a snack eventually. The hunger attacks you when you're postpartum, especially if you're breastfeeding. So you're in charge of feeding her. If you don't know how to cook, 
stock the fridge with like soups and bread and cheeses, make her grilled cheese and tomato soup was one of my comfort foods, whatever she is in the mood for, stock it up, buy it from the grocery store and just heat it up and make it for her. If people are doing a meal train for you, let them know that you are in charge. So not to text the mom, to text you, to handle all of that. Maybe she'll want it. Again, maybe your wife is somebody who will like want that control. But I, after my first, needed to just focus on recovering and and taking care of the baby. And everyone was texting me, what do you want for dinner tonight? And I was like, I don't freaking know. I don't want to think about that. So you man the fort with all of the food. Just be in charge of the food. Even if you've never done this in your relationship, she has always been in charge. It's two weeks. You can do this. You know what food she likes. You got this. Okay. Postpartum rage. If you've never heard of this, I am so glad to be the first one telling you because I had no idea what it was and I was the one having a baby and being postpartum. Postpartum rage is, we've already talked about like how these hormones, like when you're thirsty, all of a sudden you feel like you're like dying. You're like so thirsty. Like you just need somebody to take care of you and bring you the water. When you're hungry, you just need to be fed immediately. And if you're not fed immediately, you can feel like you're just not being taken care of and like nobody's meeting your needs. And that's crazy, right? Like my husband would be like finishing up a work call and I'd be like, you didn't get me's lunch. And he'd be like, babe, I just, I was, it was literally 45 seconds. And I'd be like, I said I was hungry. That's not how your wife or how I, or how any person normally feels or wants to operate. But these postpartum hormones are crazy. And postpartum rage is a thing that a lot of people feel. We are so completely out of control of our hormones postpartum. And we're also out of control of the situation. We don't know when the baby's going to cry, when it's going to want to eat. We are like out of control of our own bodies. We're bleeding. We're leaking milk. Like there's all these things happening and they lead to a thing called postpartum rage. And basically that's just going to be your wife being a super psycho bitch. Don't ever tell her I said that, but that's what it is. It's like the worst PMS you've ever seen in your life. And you're going to be like scared of this woman. You're going to be like, what happened? She changed when she had kids. No, she didn't. She's just in this crazy hormone shift right now. She's in a freaking whirlpool of her own hormones and like uterine lining blood and milk. Give her a break. Anytime she does something crazy, whether it's she's crying uncontrollably or she's screaming at you over absolutely nothing because you like changed the baby's diaper wrong, anything like that, you t you just like give her some grace. Okay. Say, okay, honey, you're right. Okay, honey, you're right. If you just tell her she's right, she can't keep yelling at you. Okay. Or maybe she can, but like she's going to run out of steam if you just keep telling her she's right. Now that I know that this is a thing that happens after I have my babies. So after I had baby two and baby three, I looked at my husband and was like, remember, I am not myself for the next couple of weeks. Please be gentle with me. Please be kind with me. I will be back soon, but you know that I will cry. I will yell. I will be out of control. I will do things that are not me. Remember that. And it has helped us so much because after the first baby, we were both like, who the fuck is this person? Like, what is going on? We were like fighting. And then after the second and the third, he, when I was doing some crazy bitch shit, he would just like look at me and be like, okay, honey, you're right. Let me know what I can do. And sometimes I could see it in his eyes that he was like, okay, honey, you're right. But I would see it in his eyes and it would kind of remind me like, okay, you're a little out of control right now, Caroline. So just patience and gentle, even if she thinks she's being the most psycho killer alive. Prepare to be micromanaged. This will be annoying, but here's the thing. 
for the first few weeks of a baby's life, the mom actually does know the baby better. Like we are in tune with them because they've been living in our uterus, in our body for the past nine months. We're in tune to them because we're breastfeeding them. We're in tune to them. You know, if you're not breastfeeding, like you're still the mom and the baby have this like biological connection. So we just like, we like hear them before they even cry. Like it's crazy. It's, it's very cool. And it's also very suffocating for everyone involved because the mom will think that she is better at, at everything than you. And get used to this because this will go on. And the sooner you can, the sooner, the sooner the mom can figure out how to not micromanage you, the better. But again, during those first few weeks, it's a very hormonal time. And so she's not going to, she's not going to be able to not do it. If she sees you changing the diaper in a way that she thinks makes the baby uncomfortable, she's going to stop you. She's going to say, you're doing that wrong. And she's probably not going to say it very patiently because she's going to be very sleep deprived. So being really patient with her. And I wrote a script for you. And this might be, I don't know, this might be like pandering to you. You obviously don't have to use this script, but these words being just being treated with a lot of kindness during this like very tough time in her life is helpful. Babe, you are doing this is, this is when she's been really fucking annoying to you. And she's like, you're changing the baby's diaper wrong. Or like, you're putting the onesie on wrong. Or like, I told you to meet me at the doctor five minutes before the appointment. You're like, what? It's, it's four minutes and 45 seconds before. This is when she's being crazy and she's micromanaging you. Okay. Babe, you are doing such an amazing job with the baby. And I am just trying to learn and do my best too. Right now, you know the baby better than I do, but I'm trying to get to know him or her too. Sometimes I might mess things up, but know that I am trying my hardest and I might need to make a few mistakes to learn how to do things my way. Okay, so you're just going to say something like that. And she's going to be like, well, fuck, I can't argue with that. Okay, so you're going to say that. It's going to make her feel seen. It's going to make you feel like at least you weren't just like rolling over and being her total bitch. You got some words in there. It's going to be better for everyone if you guys can get the micromanaging under control. And then once she's out of this hormonal phase, George had to have a talk with me probably when Mattis was like six months old. And he said something in those words, but probably not worded as um, gently where he was like, I'm the baby's dad too. Like you can't just micromanage me all the time. I have to be able to do things my way. And so that'll be an important conversation later if you are still being micromanaged. And also for the women out there listening to this, we can't micromanage our husbands. They have, they get to do, they get to parent too the way that they want. So learning not to micromanage George has been like so huge for our parenting and for our marriage. I could go on and on and on, but I do want to keep this as brief as possible. Um, Whenever she needs to sleep, let her sleep, take the baby on a walk so that she has the house to herself and it's actually quiet and she can't hear if he makes the tiniest noise. Let her sleep during the day as much as possible. If you are doing night shifts, as I hope you are, you will also be really tired during the day. So you asking to take you know, a little nap during the day too is also fine. You guys switch off during the daytime. Everything is less scary during the daytime. The nights are really hard and weird and dark and hormonal cesspools. So during the day, everybody take a little nap. There's this very obnoxious saying that's like, sleep when the baby sleeps. And the answer to that is all these moms being like, but what about the laundry and the cleaning the bottles? And that is the job. If you have, if your mom wants to come into town, if her parents want to come into town, please give them jobs. Be like, we actually do need so much help. Like I would love if you could wash these bottles every time they finish. I could love, would love if you could bring us breakfast, lunch, and dinner while you guys are here. They have been there. They've been parents too. 
hopefully they are there and to help you guys. So take care of yourself too. You're also going to be really tired, but you do not have the raging hormones and you do not have the gaping hole in your uterus and in the stitches in your vagina and possibly your butthole. So you are her rock. You are the captain. And so you're, you're in charge of her and making her feel taken care of and seen right now. So the last thing I will say is this, (laughs) please do not ask your wife when she is cleared for sex. She is cleared for sex when she wants to have sex. There is like this technical thing where at her six week appointment, so six weeks after she has the baby, she'll go in to have her parts checked out. And if all is well, the doctor will say, okay, you're cleared to have sex. Do not like count down the days to this appointment. Okay. I know you're horny. Like, of course you're horny. You probably haven't had sex in months if her pregnancies went anything like my pregnancies went, but breastfeeding hormones completely kill our sex drive. And we have like vagina PTSD from what happened during childbirth. So please just let her tell you when she's ready. I know it sucks. You just need to, you, you can spend a lot of time with yourself in the shower, do your thing. No one's judging. We are so happy for you to take care of that need by yourself right now. And we will want to have sex with you eventually again. Okay. Your wife loves you. She's obsessed with you. That's why she wanted to have kids with you. She wants to have sex with you again, but she will get so annoyed and those scary hormones will freaking attack you if you try to push the issue and have sex with her ready before she is ready. Okay? So don't do it. Don't beg your wife to have sex ever. And like, don't do the thing where you're like touching her and you're like, are you ready? Are you ready? Are you, is it, is it now? Just leave her alone. She's, she's going to tell you when she's ready to have sex. Okay? So that's it. That is the guide to how to be the best newborn dad and therefore the best spouse or birthing partner or whatever you are to the person who just had your baby ever. Okay. If you can follow those and if you start to follow those, I'm sure you will come up with your own incredible ways to support your partner. You will be set up for success. You guys will bicker so much less. It is the first few weeks are the most bickery time of a couple's life. If They are not managed with a delicate, delicate hand. So be gentle with her. Be kind. Also be gentle and kind to yourself. Yes, this is a huge deal for you too. You are a new dad. That is so cool. But right now, for this blip of time, this like one month period, she is your queen and you're going to do all these things to take care of her and make her feel like the most loved person on earth and be the best dad on earth. That's what we're into. We're so into the best newborn dads ever. See ya. 